0: Okay, uh, welcome once again to another Throttle Up Radio Show and Podcast. And I'm your host, Captain Kevin Smith, and I'm glad to be here. And we are in the midst of a special edition, special series on this uh, radio show and podcast. And by the way, we are on Red State Talk Radio on the weekends. So we are a weekend show. We're on both channels. They have two channels, which is the... uh, Let's see, the Justice Channel and the Liberty Channel. Is that correct? Asking my audio engineer, yes. She says that is correct. And uh, so it's a weekend show. It's uh, afternoon, late afternoon or evening, depending on your time zone. Uh, for um, And this is the Eastern Time Zone, 6 p.m. on the Justice Channel, both Saturdays and Sundays, 7 p.m., on the Liberty Channel, both Saturdays and Sundays. And also, uh, we are plugging my new book. (laughs) Uh, Unabashedly, uh, the name of the book that has recently been released is The Sonic Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer, and it is published by Redemption Press. And they are out of Washington State. I think it's a suburb of Seattle, but I can't remember the name of the town. township. Um, I'll get that uh, for the next show. Okay, we are in the midst of a special edition. It's called Think Like a Fighter Pilot for obvious reasons. Uh, because lots of things are happening in this domain. Uh, not least of which is we are re-examining how... We should think when confronting difficult situations and circumstances, very much like what we are experiencing today in this country and this world. Okay, why should we even consider it? Well, for two reasons. Number one is because the Top Gun Maverick movie is, of course, extremely popular, Also, it's uh, consistent with my new book, which is The Sonic Warrior. And it gives us an opportunity to re-examine how we are thinking right now and how should we think under conditions of complexity, uncertainty, and adversity. Okay, so we are going to be examining how fighter pilots think. And to see if we can learn something about how all of us should think and reason in today's world. Uh, just keep in mind that the uh, uh, throttle up uh, radio show and podcast is all about critical thinking. Oh, by the way, uh, I forgot to mention the podcast is available on our. On our website, com, you can go there. You can download all of the podcasts. Also, the podcast is available on a lot of podcast platforms. Uh, Just you can Google it. Uh, CastBox is uh, the one that I'm currently using. Uh, And Podbean is another one. And there's a whole bunch of others iTunes, I believe. Is that correct? It's on iTunes as well. Yes. So uh, so the podcast is available basically across the board. Uh, you can listen to the podcast at your leisure. And I listen to podcasts in segments. I don't listen to the whole thing necessarily because I'm pretty busy. But I do listen to podcasts in segments and, and it remembers where you are. Last but not least, The Sonic Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer is available in audiobook format as well. You can find it on all audiobook platforms, including Audible. But also it's available uh, through uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Books A Million, and other platforms as well. Okay. Now we're going to run right into the, uh, the, the whole idea behind this show, and we're going to start off by having my audio engineer read the, uh, the key questions that we are going to try to answer to the best of our ability uh, in this show and all the shows going forward. All right, so i turn it over to my audio engineer, and she's going to ask me the three key questions here that are uh, central to our discussion and to our arguments and to our propositions. Here goes. Okay. Is your
1: thinking and reasoning process robust or fragile?
0: Where should we go to examine how robust thinking works? In an air combat environment where complexity, uncertainty, and adversity prevail, what type of thinking leads to mission success? Okay, Uh, great questions, and we are going to attempt to answer them on this show and others as well. Okay, now, as we uh, inventory... Our thinking process. We can we can also also call this a a inventory of our the cognitive abilities. We can look at it that way. All right. Now what what we are doing here is we're we're going back to the very beginning. Uh, we're going back to we can say we're we're going back to the source. All right, we're going back to the place in which thinking and reasoning begins. And the reason for that is that we are uh, we're dealing with human consciousness. And human consciousness is, in fact, the place in which things are occurring in this world of ours today. Uh, Human consciousness actually is under attack, and we have to go back there and examine human consciousness as an objective phenomena, as well as our own. How do we think? What is it about my consciousness that leads, hopefully, to comprehension, but what is it About my consciousness that I need to know about, and I need to understand so that I can give it some reasonable attention. The big thing here, and this goes across the board for in all domains. Uh, We can talk about aviation, of course. I'd love to do that because aviation is uh, is my background. We can talk about medicine. We can talk about things uh, are academic. Uh, system, we can talk about all kinds of things, and we should first ask a question, all right? So, and, 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 the, and the question is, is pretty important for all of us. The question is, that I was, that we start the show with is, is your or is uh, our thinking and reasoning process robust or fragile, what does that mean? It means that can we think under conditions of complexity, uncertainty, and adversity, or does our thinking process fall apart? Is there such a thing? All right. Yes, there is. There are actually uh, uh, a number of ways in which we can address ourselves to how we think, how we go about thinking, how we go about addressing ourselves to the issues of today how we go about problem solving and things like that and that's pretty important why should we go back there why don't we just go you know just start doing the 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 common things that we have already done is because we need to take an inventory now now is the time uh, if there's any time in the course of human events that we should do it, we should do it now. Now is a time in which we should take a thorough inventory. We should examine how we go about thinking. We should examine where does our thoughts and ideas come from. Where do they come from? Why is it that we should uh, consider that our thinking and reasoning process is not as good as it should be? Why is that? Well, the evidence is uh, is, uh, is out there. Okay, The ev- evidence is astounding. The evidence is all around us. Uh, the, our ability to think and reason is not very good. We allow things to happen that we should put a stop to. We, we don't challenge uh, stupid think uh, right up front. Okay? We don't challenge it. We allow it to occur. We allow it to permeate into our social fabric. should not be doing that. We should not allow stupid think to permeate. We should be able to determine if something is, is, is true or if something is not true. You know, I spent a lot of time discussing the truth algorithm. And that is one of the ways in which we can, in fact, examine whether or not something is true or not true. You go to my website, by the way. Is it, is it posted? The truth algorithm videos posted, I think they are posted on Throttle up Radio website, For correct? Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, they are. okay. And then where should we go to examine how robust thinking works? All right <clears throat> now, I'm going to go to a place that uh, that uh, most likely is going to be v- surprising. Okay, I'm going to go to a place that is probably going to surprise everybody, and I'm going to start off by t- just just taking a look at some of the background information that we are dealing with. Okay, and it comes from the uh, aviation domain and it comes from the, the, uh, the world of the fighter pilot, okay? Uh, I am not being exclusive here. I'm saying that that is a place where we can go. There are other uh, related activities within the field of aviation that also work equally as well. I'm going to be talking about uh, the air combat environment with respect to the world of the fighter pilot. I'm going to be talking about that because I know something about it. Okay, that's the reason. So I'm kind of an expert in that field, but that's not the exclusive place. One of the things that that we should examine in terms of where should we go to examine Robust robust thinking. Where should we go? I am proposing that we go to a place that is called Achieving Mission Success in a High-Velocity World. We were encountering that uh, recently. High-Velocity Enter the realm of flight as a mission-critical enhancement to air warfare, giving the air aerial combat forces the ability to dominate the airborne battle space and prevail, thus entering in the era of the Sonic Warriors. Sonic Warriors possess cognitive attributes distinctly different from others who think and reason while stationary. To think and reason while attached to a velocity vector, traveling at high rates of speed while performing high-stakes operations, requires Sonic Warriors to think and reason in unusual and unconventional ways. The ability to solve a complex battle problem under increased time compression is predicated on situational awareness and clarity of thought considered not necessary in other domains. This is faulty logic. Now I'm going to read the poem High Flight. And this appears in my book as well, The Sonic Warrior. Uh, this is the most uh, this is the, the most famous poem in the field of aviation. High Flight was written by Flight Lieutenant John McGee, Jr., Royal Canadian Air Force. And why am I talking about uh, or answering this question w- with uh, respect to a poem? The reason for that is because I want to introduce to the listening audience uh, An idea that comes from this arena, which is we need to address ourselves uh, in a meaningful way to that which is conceptual. The way to success in this complex environment and the way to success in a complex world is not to focus on that which is literal, but to focus on that which is conceptual. What we're talking about here is we're talking about the difference between two modes of thinking or two different types of thinking. One of the types that is popular but unsuitable today is called literalism, and the other type of thinking which is more appropriate to today's environment is called conceptualism. And the way we're going to introduce this idea is through this poem, because Lieutenant John McGee was entirely focused on and employing conceptualism. You notice when I read this poem, there's not one literal thing that's discussed. And this is really profound and Amazing with respect to human performance. All right, I'm going to start the poem. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter silvered wings. Sunward, I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds, and done a hundred things you have never dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air up up the long delirious burning blue I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace where never lark or even eagle flew and while with silent lifting mind I've trod The high, untrespassed sanctity of space put out my hand and touched the face of God. Okay, that is the most famous poem that deals with aviation ever written. Uh, is written by a remarkable individual who obviously loved to fly and was born to fly and expressed, this is expressed in such an amazing way. And you notice that Lieutenant McGee was also pointing out, in my view, something profound, which is, Flying is a conceptual enterprise. There's nothing really literal about it. We can get bogged down in the literal and the minutiae, but that is not going to enable us to achieve mission success. We have to do something different. We have to do something unusual we have to do something way outside the box flying is of course a human endeavor that is way outside the box and and therefore our thinking should be outside the box as well okay now the last question i'm going to Uh, repeat, which is or the last part of the question that that, uh, began this uh, radio show and podcast is this. Is an air combat environment... No, I'm sorry. I I read that wrong. In an air combat environment where complexity, uncertainty, and adversity prevail, what type of thinking leads to mission success I'm going to come right out and say the following okay and this is not going to be popular there's going to be some uh, people that will raise serious concerns but that's just the way it goes this is not a show for the winning popularity this is a show for uh, this is a radio show and podcast that discusses how to think critically, whether or not people like it or not, that's beside the point. What is going to work in this environment where complexity, uncertainty, and adversity prevail is conceptualism. That is what is going to work, and that is what was presented to us in The poem High Flight by Flight Lieutenant John McGee. Conceptualism pertains to the formulation of conceptual constructs in order to comprehend the complexities and uncertainties of reality. Conceptual Constructs represent a model of reality which is nonlinear and non-deterministic. With such a worldview, likelihoods and probabilities are the central focus and are critical to successfully addressing complexity and uncertainty. Clarifying reality in terms of abstract clusters and abstraction hierarchies can lead to meaningful action. This is accomplished by calculating such things as likelihoods, probabilities, and risk. Conceptualism. By the way, is the preferred method by which thinking and reasoning in a high velocity world can be optimized. I am also proposing that conceptualism is the way that we should be thinking across the board today. Why is that? Because we are living in an environment, in a world, in an era in which our minds are under attack, and in which human consciousness is under attack, and we need to do something about it. Now, why is human consciousness under attack? Human consciousness is under attack because it opened itself up to uh, this uh, type of Information warfare. Human consciousness was and is vulnerable. Why is that? Because we forgot the, the key element that in which human consciousness will prevail, the key element is that we develop the ability to think and reason in robust ways. In other words, we strengthen our thinking and reasoning process. We strengthen it. We uh, make sure that it is robust enough to withstand uh, adversity, to withstand attacks. Is our thinking strong enough to withstand attacks from enemy forces, from external forces, from, from those who wish us harm Is it strong enough? In other words, do we have armor plating? Uh, Do we have uh, 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 excess uh, velocities and energy? Can we produce uh, uh, excess resources with respect to uh, the enemy? Can we prevail? Can we achieve the advantage uh, can we win the battle? Uh, we can win the battle not through luck. We can win the battle because we are stronger than the enemy. Okay. If the battleground is our mind space, which is the same thing as, as consciousness, if that's the battleground, how strong is our, uh, our consciousness? How strong? is the place in which our mind resides, our mind space. Do we have armor plating? Is it strong? Can it withstand attacks from external nefarious forces? Can it withstand attacks? And when we are dealing with, uh, or let's put it this way, when we are operating under conditions in which complexity, uncertainty, and adversity prevail, do we have enough strength within our thinking and reasoning process? Or do we have enough strength in our uh, in our cognitive system that we are employing which is our consciousness is our cognitive cognitive system is our brain power is our mind space strong enough to bear the uh, the enemy weapons deflect enemy weapons and to win the battle the battle here is for the human mind. Okay, that's the battle. The battleground is the human mind space. We are confronted with uh, an attempt to destroy human consciousness. And that's the battle. Okay. The battle could be uh, the difference between good and evil. It could be the difference between uh, that which is true and that which is not true. It could be the between the truth and the big lie. It could be all of those things. They all uh, relate to what we're talking about here. Okay, but uh, the the thing that is uh, that that we know, we know a couple of things right up front. And John, uh, Flight Lieutenant John McGee pointed this out to us, although we probably weren't even paying attention. He pointed out that if we're going to succeed in in the airborne battle arena, he was involved in the airborne battle arena, which we call the Battle of Britain during World War II. Uh, He was involved in the air battle. If we are going to be successful, we have to be able to think differently. We have to uh, develop a, uh, or, or put in place or build a robust cognitive system in which we can prevail because we have to be able to outthink the enemy. Okay? Okay. We have to know what the enemy is going to do before the enemy knows it. And does that require intelligence? Not entirely so. Okay. We are not looking at the literal aspects because that's not what succeeded in all of our major battle engagements. We also employed intuition. Okay. We also, in, in, in order to do that, in order to employ intuition, we had to be able to open the intuition uh, potentiality, uh, had to open that up. And what opens up intuition, innovation, and creativity? What opens that up is conceptualism. Think and reason in conceptual terms that's what that's what enables it and conceptualism also includes the willingness and ability to uh, to construct or to consider abstract clustering so we cluster things around abstract categories not literal categories so we're dealing with abstractions and abstract hierarchies and abstract clusters and and the reason why we're doing that is because we're looking at the the causal inference of an event okay literalism will just take the event literally and not examine it any further. So it's more of a surface level kind of cognition. Uh, and that is uh, that is something that will simply will not work under conditions of complexity and uncertainty. It won't work. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to employ conceptualism. Conceptualism, conceptualism addresses itself to... <coughs> That which is abstract, it addresses itself to uh, abstract clustering, the creation of abstract models, uh, uh, abstract abstract hierarchies, and abstract mental models. That's what uh, conceptualism does. Okay. Once we are able to do that, then we can employ the analytics of uncertainty and complexity and to deal with things not on an ad hoc basis, but deal with things analytically. There are analytical tools and methods by which we can address ourselves Uh, conceptually to the issues and the problems at hand. There is ways to do this. And we have talked about these in the past, and we'll talk about uh, a lot of this stuff in the future as well. Okay, now, let me point out a couple of things here that, Uh, are important for us. And and so let let me go back and and discuss some of the things that we were faced with so so you can see how powerful this type of thinking and reasoning is. Conceptualism is a very, very powerful way to achieve mission success because it remains robust and resilient under attack. Okay, it is very, very robust, and it's resilient. It can, uh, it can recover quickly. It also allows us to be agile because of the conceptual construct is, in fact, looking at reality from multiple perspectives. Okay, Uh, literalism is looking at reality from a singular perspective, or literalism is, in fact, a a linear type of thinking. Conceptualism is non-linear. Okay, we are not going... To develop a robust thinking capability and employ a robust cognitive apparatus, if we think in linear ways, it is not going to work. It can't, it will fail. So, the first order of failure is the inability to think and reason effectively. We achieve mission success by thinking and reasoning effectively under conditions of complexity and uncertainty. The only way in which we can achieve mission success on a reliable basis is to uh, think in non-linear ways. The technical term here, and I have used this in my papers and books on the subject, is nonlinear problem solving under increased time compression. What exactly does that mean? Well, it means that we address ourselves to the issues and the problems of, that we have encountered uh, within the context that there is not a single point of origin that f- from which e- the event emerged or has emerged there is not a single point of origin and there is not a singular solution okay so that is what we're talking about when we deal with thing when we're dealing with uh, nonlinear cognition, nonlinear problem solving. There is again, there is not a single point of origin of the problem, nor is there a singular solution to the problem. The problem emerges from multi places or multi sources, and uh, and the solution is a uh, multi pronged attack, not a singular pronged attack, but a multi-pronged attack uh, to uh address ourselves to or to solve the problem. Okay. The the key here is, and this is a new, this is all this stuff is all brand new, okay? But the key here, in my view, is We have to embrace the idea of conceptualism. We have to learn to think and reason in conceptual ways. The conceptual approach demands that we consider that which is abstract. We must think and reason conceptually, Utilizing the abstract domain of reality. Reality uh, exists in two, two uh, uh, levels or two domains simultaneously. Reality exists in the literal uh, domain, and reality also exists in the abstract. And this was pointed out by the ancient Greek philosophers, so that is nothing new, and that should not be a controversial thing. I think that the the ancient Greek philosophers uh, uh, like Aristotle and others uh, laid that issue to rest. We should be thinking in abstract ways. The abstraction uh, orientation uh, is the way that we are going to deal with these difficult situations in which complexity and uncertainty prevail. Okay, so if we can think in abstract ways, then we are employing what I call conceptualism, which is distinctly different than literalism. Okay, that's what we're doing. OK, so that is the uh, that is the pathway in which we are going to achieve success. Now, the way of saying that is that is a pathway by which we can achieve mission success in the world that we live in today. And it's not relegated just to aviation it's relegated to what exactly is happening in the world today to us okay <laughs> we're going to end this show by uh playing a audio video clip that addresses itself to a key aspect of this argument that i'm putting forth and the title of this uh what is the title of this um uh, 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 Here it is. Becoming Untouchable. How to be free from power. It's from Kleinstein. That is the uh, YouTube channel. And uh, it's actually pretty good stuff. So let's listen to that uh, as we conclude this show uh, on uh, thinking and reasoning. Uh, with respect to conceptualism. Okay, here goes.
1: Because we value things that we cannot control, the things we value control us. Power is the ability of a person, event, or thing to exert control over what we value. If we value money, anyone who can provide us with it holds power over us. If we value praise, We will seek it out with every action and will depend on others' opinions. Anyone or anything that can give us or take away what we value has power over us. We are unable to live life on our own terms because our behavior is continuously influenced by other people and events. We are slaves to whoever controls what we care about. Thus. The secret to become free from anyone's influence is to value what we can control more than we value what we can't. A good example of how to do this comes from Stoic philosophy. The Stoics are free from any sort of influence and power because they value above all else something that they alone can control, their character. What frightens peoples and keeps them subdued it can't be the tyrant and his bodyguards. A person's own thoughts unnerve them. If a tyrant threatens to chain our leg, whoever holds his leg in high regard will beg for mercy, whereas the person who cares more for his character will answer back, Go ahead and chain it, if that's what you want. The person who cares more than anything for his character cannot be coerced to act against his will. Character is the real measure of a person. Nothing can accomplish what a strong character can. But how can we actually start valuing our character more than we care about other things? Fame, wealth and status have a very strong appeal. Fundamentally, we care about things because they are useful, pleasant or valuable in some other way. So, we must understand how focusing on our character is even more valuable than anything else. We have to understand the benefits of making character our foremost priority. By valuing our choices above all else, we gain freedom, since we stop wanting things that others control. Our choices lead to our behavior. Our behavior becomes our habits, and our habits build and influence our character. Thus, to preserve our character is a choice that we can make at any moment, and nothing can get in the way of it. Be confident in everything outside the will, and cautious in everything under the will's control. For if evil is a matter of the will, then caution is needed there. And if everything beyond the will and not in our control is immaterial to us, then those things can be approached with confidence. By approaching with caution our choices, we can be confident in things external to us, since not only are they outside our control, they're also insignificant to us. We become free and tranquil. No event will ever be able to disturb us. Focusing on our character also gives us strength. By prizing our character above all else, we care about the choices that we make in a situation rather than the situation itself. Therefore, whether we are facing hardship or prosperity, we don't value what we have or what we can get, but how we act and respond to the situation. There is a quote in Epictetus's Discourses. Death is not fearful. But dying like a coward is. The focus here is not on the circumstances themselves, but on how we respond to them. When we care about our choices and character, circumstances become irrelevant to us. We only care about how we respond to them. Rather than feel hurt by circumstances, we maintain our integrity and composure. Not only will we be capable of facing life and its hardships with equanimity, we will also find great satisfaction in doing so. Another advantage of preserving our character is that we reverse the dynamics of power. Anyone who tries to exert influence over us will inevitably fail unless we assent to such a person of our own accord. Someone who is extorted by a tyrant with promises or threats will not only be free from the tyrant's power but will himself become the powerful one, for the tyrant is unable to control him. If a tyrant threatens me at court, I say, what is he threatening? If he says I will put you in chains, I say, he is threatening my hands and feet. If he says I will behead you, I say, he is threatening my neck. If he says I will throw you into prison, I say, He is threatening my entire body. If he threatens exile, I say the same. Well then, aren't you threatened even a little? If I feel that those things are nothing to me, then no. But if I fear for any of them, then yes, it is I who am threatened. Who is there left for me to fear, and over what has he control? Not what is in my power, because no one controls that except myself. As for what is not in my power, in that I take no interest. By focusing on your choices and character, you gain back power over your life. Nothing and no one is able to influence your behavior. Only you have that privilege. There is one last thing to consider when looking at why our choices and character are more valuable than anything else. Our choices, what we do, say, and think, have the power to affect the world. The whole reason that the Stoics focus on what they can control is to contribute to something that matters and improve life in some way. Whereas most people who chase things such as wealth, fame, or sex are concerned with gaining something, the Stoics have their focus on what they can offer. All that they wish to get, that is, the flourishing of their character, They get it from themselves. This is what makes Stoics so strong, free and powerful. Their disinterest in external things leads them to find within themselves everything they need to live a fulfilling life. Thus, by valuing your choices and character above all else, you become free from the influence that the world exerts on most people. You start to live life on your own terms and gain the ability to face hardship with composure. You also start focusing on what really matters and contributing to something valuable. You become untouchable and unstoppable because your character is your most valuable asset. It gives you more than any amount of wealth, fame or prestige could ever give you
0: okay uh, and uh what I wanted uh the reason I use this and what I wanted to point out as we as we complete this uh radio show and podcast is that uh, character here is, in fact a concept. It's a conceptual construct. Character embraces such things as integrity. Uh, do that which is good, goodness, it also could be kindness, it also could be the avoidance of that which is bad or evil. Character is a concept. If uh, If we operate in the world of concepts, we're going to be able to establish or build or strengthen our ability to think. Is our thinking and reasoning process robust? That's the key question for all of us. Is it robust? If you don't know, then we need to find out. Uh, okay. The, another throttle up radio show and podcast complete and thank you for listening we will see you all next week